Hello and welcome to the Coffee Gals podcast, brought to you by the team behind the Ottawa Coffee Fest. Bonjour et bienvenue au podcast Café, présenté par l'équipe derrière le Café Fest Ottawa. My name is Mel. Et mon nom est Jen. Every few weeks, we'll be speaking with different people within the industry, so you can get to know more about your favorite local roasters and coffee shops. Let's get started. Today, we're chatting with Jesse Duffy, owner of Arlington Five, a hip independent coffee shop located in Ottawa's center town. If you've been in the area, you've probably seen, heard of, or more likely visited this cafe. This shop might appear tucked away, but its large lettering of the word coffee on the outside instantly captures your attention and draws you in. Jesse likes to describe Arlington Five as not only a coffee house, but a space built to create a sense of community Root it in the neighborhood to inspire genuine connections and boundless creativity. We'll be chatting with Jesse about their shop, their purpose, and of course, their coffee. So hi, Jesse. Thank you so much for meeting with us today. No sweat, gals. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're really glad that we could finally have you on our little podcast here. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and the origins of Arlington 5, which uh, has been around for almost six years now? Yeah, it's started out, uh, as you said in the intro, a little over five years ago. It was uh, first launched as a sister cafe to Wilfanita's Diner, which is right on the corner of Bank and Arlington, uh, which was, um, I was part of the, the crew that took over Ada's Diner uh, in late 2013, and, and we revamped it and opened it up as a scratch diner, which is what it uh, still stands as today. And after about a year and change of, of running the diner, the uh, little tucked away building at Five Arlington was sort of sitting there and uh, I think just glaring at us and, and willing us to do something with it. Um, and with the lineups that we had uh, in the early days of the diner, we're often sending people uh, to various coffee shops around around the neighborhood uh, to wait until we text them when their table was ready. So, so it sort of made sense that uh, taking over um, Five Arlington and, and opening up uh, a cafe of our own um, was the way to go. So, so with a lot of the values that we had uh, had established at at the diner, as far as you know, working closely with local suppliers, being community oriented, being a real, you know, neighborhood first joint. We, we instilled those at, uh, at Arlington five, um, out the gate, uh, with the, you know, the, the big table that we have, it's sort of the, you know, the hearse or the centerpiece of the space. We, we sort of built Arlington five around the idea that it was going to be, uh, a gathering space. Uh, first and foremost, so we we invited the community in for an open house on on October fourth and filled the table with goodies and we had uh, one of the the long standing servers from uh, Wilf and Ada's Kim Ballantyne do a live live art show so it was uh, it it had a long history that building of of being sort of this creative space so that kind of um, Took root very quickly as well, and and we saw that space as uh, a space to you know inspire creativity 
and um, and community uh, and painting the big big letters coffee was just the the beacon because those sorts of things have always sort of naturally happened around a, a cup of coffee so it happened pretty easily. That's awesome. Yeah, the, you're you're right. I think coffee and creativity and art and community and it all goes hand in hand. So it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm. It's nice that, you know, you've you've kind of brought those values into the coffee shop. And um, would you say that, you know, compared to to where you started, um, you know, almost six years ago, would you say that kind of your vision is still pretty much in line with um, how far you've come? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's obviously been a year for the books. Um, I was one of the original owners, and I actually um, stepped back after uh, about about a year. Actually, at the shop, I I had uh, joined forces with with Edible Ottawa when they first um, showed up in town. So I I was sort of inspired by the creativity of the shop and and started to try my hand at writing and thought I, I should give it a go to see if it was something that really worked for me. And um, while I was not at the shop, I uh, ended up having a baby and, you know, life, life took kind of a turn. And, and after my son Orrin was born, I, I started to work with um, Happy Goat Coffee. And they had, in my stead, bought the, bought Arlington Five from my former partners. So i sort of in this full circle uh, circumstance ended up going back into Arlington five quite a bit. And to see it where it was after I'd left, I, I felt that it had um, kind of flatlined a bit. I think when we had started it, we were really trying to uh, extend an invitation into the neighborhood uh, to animate the space. So, you know, beyond focused on a, on a, um, like a locally sourced food program that was you know, chef, chef run. Uh, we were working with happy goat at the time beyond that. We really saw the, the animation of the space as as key to promoting it as a, as a community hub first and foremost, while I was gone, I, I think it was really challenging for, for the folks that were operating it. Um, to keep that going because it is a lot of work. It's a ton of work to, to you know, be running a, a day-to-day operations of a, of a coffee house. So when I came back uh, early in, in 2019, I kind of set to work getting those uh, wheels in motion again. So I started to, again, to reach out to various community groups, neighborhood groups, artists, and, and that's where the sort of idea of this is your space, which is something I've kind of used in the, in the rebranding of Arlington five. Um, that's kind of where that was born out of. And it actually came from a conversation with Kim Valentine, because when I came back, she was still at the diner. And I told her in a you know conversation through the front door, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm back in the saddle and in the space. And I said, I really want to, you know, I want to get it going again. I want to see it animated again. And I said, anything you want to do here, anything at all. I said, this is your space. And she got this kind of, you know, gleam in her eye and did this quick, like, oh, okay, all right, I'll think about it. And within 15 minutes had come back and said, I have an idea. And she had this um, outline class concept, which turned into life and death drawing, which was a monthly art night that we hosted or 
we co-hosted with Kim every Monday night, the last Monday of the month, where she would invite a model in. And it turned into a really vibrant and uh, uh, packed to the rafters kind of night. So so it did sort of pick up again. That that was sort of the first thing that sort of took hold. And then things started to grow around that. We started working with different coffee roasters and inviting them in for community cuppings. And so it felt like it was just really starting to get that pulse back. And then COVID happened. So obviously that took the wind out of its sails. And there were a few months that were really challenging um, as far as what does this mean? What does this mean for a space that, you know, coffee, sure, it's painted on the front, but in my mind, it was always about the space first and foremost. Coffee was a means to gather. So without that means, those means to gather, it was, uh, it was really tricky. So it's taken some time to kind of recalibrate what being a community coffee house means when you can't have folks inside. So I'd say the vision, it's, it's still there. It's still very much planted in the, in the ground there because we're still, I think, have those um, connections in our neighborhood. And I think people still see Arlington Five as that kind of space. But we are sort of trying to figure out what that looks like now. Yeah, it seems as though you kind of like, you know, reinvention seems to be your your thing almost like, you know, you tried to find something new and then you've kind of started off as like an overflow type of cafe from uh, Wilfinadas, but now you're, you know, you found your your own, uh, your own things and now you're kind of, kind of have to reinvent again. Since we're, we're talking about COVID-19 um, and, you know, we, we're interested to know how, uh, how much more, like, how has that impacted your business? Like, we've, you've rearranged your shop uh, to be a takeout window only. So tell us about the decision and, um, you know, just the decision to close the door completely to the space. Yeah, funny, sort of what, you know, you're saying is it's it's reinvented itself a lot. And I think that it sort of does speak to you know, who I am. I think um, I've often had an identity shifting quite a bit. So uh, I've, I've brought that along with Arlington Five. And I think ultimately, you know, being a community space, I I love the idea of seeing it be co-created by the community. And, you know, when you open the doors to people to come in and, and to feel that they have a sense of ownership in that space, it's, it's interesting to see what can emerge out of that. And um yeah so with with covid happening and and not being able to have that you know um sense of connection and sense of belonging especially around that big table you know people that would walk in as strangers would leave as as friends you know so it was it was really fascinating and uh invigorating to be a part of so not having that, I, I found for myself personally was was really disheartening. Um, I kind of I I feel like I I kind of flatlined myself when it happened because I, I I saw a lot of my peers and a lot of other businesses pivoting into takeout models, um, and that really didn't feel like the way to go for Arlington Five. I felt like it was 
if that's all we were going to be able to do, that that maybe this was we weren't going to be able to move forward. I wasn't going to be able to move forward. So um, I still had a post for a, for a little longer than most. Um, we didn't. I didn't reboot the system um, well into the summer of, of 2020. So we actually uh, instead got a call from uh, a good friend of mine, Joanne Laverty, who uh, is a former owner of the Red Apron, and she's describes herself as a serial entrepreneur. So she's had a various different businesses, different food businesses over her years. And, and she called me up sort of towards the end of April and, and told me that uh, she sensed my despair because she was feeling the same thing. So this whole concept of making meals for social service agencies was being um, discussed between her and uh, Jess from Bread by Us and Karen Secord, the executive director of Parkdale Food Center. So there was a really interesting concept that was emerging. Um, and she said, we thought of you and thought you might want to be a part of it. So, and that kind of gave me something to hang on to. And it felt like if we're a community space first and foremost, and this is a great way for us to still um, uh, nourish that piece. So we started making um, meals for the Sandy Hill Community Health Center. We started making sandwiches. I was able to invite a few of my crew back in who were happy to volunteer to do something because they had been, you know, stuck at home during this time. And it, I think for all of us that were involved in those early days, it just, it provided us with the nourishment we needed because my crew at the time when COVID hit, we were excited about this community space concept that we were really trying to foster there so this um this felt this felt good you know this felt a lot better than uh just trying to package stuff to to serve at the door so but as time wore on with that i i also realized that you know the the folks that had been had been coming in our doors that had been buying our coffee and had been buying our sandwiches were also really missing us um, and, and we're part of that community too. And they were reaching out, wanting to help us and wanting to, wanting to support us and not see us, not see us disappear, which, uh, was incredibly meaningful. So we had converted into this production space. So in inviting people in, in any capacity, even if it wasn't sort of just a takeout, you know, walk in, walk out, wasn't really going to work. And I, I, I felt then and still feel very committed to the cooking for a cause initiative. So we were tossing around different ideas of what we could do. And, and then the idea of just putting a little window in the front came up and it seemed like the way to go. And my, my father who owned a bar himself uh, found, a, found a pine door at Home Depot and packed it, put a little window in it, stained it and installed it in a weekend. And, the minute we opened it up, it, it just sort of felt like the sit so well and we were able to keep talking and engaging with our community in a way that felt really, really safe and allowed us to keep going with cooking for a cause. So the window has been um, really, really pivotal for us. Um, it's still, well, actually up until this latest stay at home order, it, it was keeping us going, but we've 
we've actually since closed it because the one thing about the window is it actually keeps us pretty close to the folks that we're serving. So that was starting to feel pretty, pretty, uh, we were all feeling a little anxious about that. So we're now again, kind of taking this moment to pause, figure out how do we move forward without losing what's really important to us, which is connection. Mm-hmm. A well-deserved break to kind of just refocus for a bit. Congratulations on the cooking for a cause. I think that's amazing that you kind of went out of your way to help other people, even when you were struggling yourself. Like that's a, a cause for celebration for sure. Yeah. Thanks. It's a, it's a funny thing. I mean, it's, it's something I, I, I keep having to uh, reiterate is and, and to myself, but to other folks too, that this, this program, you know, as much as it's uh, it's providing a really great benefit to, to folks who are are on the margins and, and have really suffered during this pandemic, it's it was such a it's been such a benefit to the shop and to us because it's it's guaranteed paid work. Um, it's work that you know makes us feel really good. It's 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 nourishment for all. So we're you know I I feel as much as it's great to be a part of it and, and to be able to provide that kind of support. It's, it's been support for a five. So we're super lucky to be a part of it. Yeah. I think the uh, COVID has certainly presented a lot of challenges, but I, I think you've said it perfectly when you said that, you know, coffee is a means to gather and, and, you know, be community focused and stuff. And, and, it just go it goes to show like how much it was such a part of our our daily lives and like we just need to get back to that soon hopefully yeah yeah definitely definitely i just want to switch uh switch gears a little bit and talk about uh your coffee program at arlington 5 so it's uh it's changed a lot over the years so can you can you talk to us about um about that a little bit yeah, yeah, I, I <laughs> I'm sort of a, I, I'm I'm a peculiar coffee ha- uh, shop owner because I'm usually coffee is the last thing I talk about much to uh, so many people's chagrin, but uh, I'm I kind of you know in a lot of ways I'm uh, I knew so little about coffee going into this business. I think for me again, like it was always about uh, like the hospitality in these spaces. So I'm really in a position where I'm I'm. I'm learning so much about it. And, you know, when we, when we opened the doors five years ago and we par- partnered with Happy Goat, cause that was kind of a no brainer. We were working with them at the diner. Um, the coffee scene was so different, so different. And I feel like we kind of came in just as third wave coffee was really kind of finding a, a tiny little niche in Ottawa. So when I came back to the shop working with, happy goat it was still kind of you know i feel like uh, five was you know it's kind of like hovering in a space sort of somewhere between the second and the third wave so i i was really lucky that uh kyle ratford who had been working with happy goat for many many years came on board with us um when i was sort of in this transition period between happy goat owning it and, and me buying it back from them and Kyle just took the reins as far as building a coffee program that uh, that we had 
I had, you know, no experience with as far as introducing me and, and, and our A5 community to, you know, coffee from Rabbit Hole Roasters in Montreal and, and from Onyx Roasters in the States. And you're working with all of these different small roasters and, and brewing coffee that, you know, was so fruit forward and so bright. And it was so cool. It was just such a, it was such a game changer and it really did um, play such a pivotal role in, in animating the space for that second time around. And then I remember getting the text from Kyle uh, one day and he's like, there was this guy. And that happened to be Kevin from Lubo Coffee. Um, and that was, it was, yeah. So this would have been, I don't know if COVID had happened or not at that point, but because time is so weird now. But uh, I met Kevin on the stoop of A5 in the summer months. And we just started chatting about what he was up to roasting on this, you know, that a little one kilo bullet in a basement apartment out in, in the PN. And that he was, you know, this restaurant guy that, you know, spent years traveling through Colombia and Costa Rica and was, you know, pretty, maybe really close connections with um, small scale farmers and roasters and baristas down there. So it was, it was such a pivotal moment. I didn't know it at the time, but that relationship has spurred on what I'd say is, you know, coming closer and closer to a, a direct partnership with, with Kevin and Lulo uh, and, and very much in the nature of a five being a, a shared space. Kevin has so he's got the back corner. We've uh, nicknamed him the house cat, and he's got his the bullets in there. And um, we're kind of co-creating together in this more direct partnership way. So where his coffee is more direct and direct, we're kind of we're kind of doing the same thing with a, an A5 and Lulo partnership. Um, kind of building and, and growing and and figuring out our, our way forward and all of this together. So we're really lucky now. We've kind of gone from, you know, being a single roaster cafe when we first opened to a multi-roaster cafe in the interim to now again being a, a single roaster cafe. And it's Lulo on the shelf, I think. It's the coffee that, to me, speaks to the, the values of A5 more than anything uh, I think we've ever had on the shelves because it's it's relationship coffee, you know, it, it's benefit coffee, um, not to mention fantastically bright and beautiful. Um, so it's it's really, I think, uh, the perfect expression of what I always hoped for A5 because it's brought us that much closer to a community that is... Um, only separated from us by distance. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really fun to see all these like micro roaster kind of pop up a bit everywhere. And I guess it, in your opinion, like how would you describe Ottawa's coffee community and uh, what would you like to see in five to 10 years? It feels very much like it, it is just kind of getting, getting started. Um, we're seeing a lot more, some small roasters pop up here and there, but 
we're still so dominated by big chains. And it, I think it's, you know, it's, it's quite indicative of the way food used to be as well, right? Where it's only the chains that can really make it. See the small um, sort of independent, independent coffee houses become small chains, right? Because it's kind of, you need that scale to make it. But it would be great in my mind to see, you know, more kind of one-off shops doing something that's that's uh, more rooted in in connection because they would sort of put Ottawa on the map is that we're so fortunate to have this massive agricultural base around in the urban center. So to get local food is pretty easy and there's actually a lot of choice. So, you know, seeing coffee kind of emerge out of the second wave into third wave or People are more concerned about what's happening at origin and what the producers' livelihoods. Um, I think what Lulo is trying to do, what Kevin's trying to do with Lulo, is see uh, more of a direct and mutual benefit. And I think that it would be great to see that become the benchmark for these hip coffee shops, that there's, uh, there's more direct relationships. Uh, like we have with our food partners in the city, because I think we'll all benefit from that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a, a roaster for everyone and they're, you know, they all bring something very unique to the table. And I would like to see, you know, more like local restaurants, you know, connecting, making these connections with, and a lot of them already do. Um, but it would be great if, if like that was the norm as well. Um, to, to see yeah. that happening more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they can really, you know, align, as you said, you know, align your values and yeah, really offer coffee that, you know, represents what, what you represent as a business. I think that that's really cool for sure. You mentioned, you know, um, people working in, in cafes, um, you know, they're looking for, for different opportunities and stuff. Like what can you just elaborate on that a little bit and like what, what kind of opportunities do you think that um, like people in cafes and in the hospitality industry are are looking for? Well, one thing I've definitely noticed, um, you know, is some of the, there's a lot of contrast at least that that I've seen with, um, you know, because most of my experiences in restaurants, I've had very, very little cat, experiences in in cafes you know a little bit working with happy goat but mostly with my own cafe so it's a very distinct culture and i i have to say what one thing that i've noticed with with um folks that that have that work in cafes is they're all creatives they're all artists they're all they're all um they're all making something on this side. Not to say that people with restaurants don't, but it just seems very pronounced in in, uh, in barista culture. Um, they're also, beyond that, some of them are so deeply passionate about coffee. And I think the opportunities have remained very superficial for them because it's, you know, it's a, it doesn't pay that great. And um, the shifts are pretty... You know, it's it's not uh, it doesn't feel or hasn't felt I think as a as a career space. So I don't know. In my mind, I feel like having a, a space 
where you can go further with coffee and or a space where your um, creativity can can thrive. Uh, I feel like that's of a great benefit to folks that that work in cafes. Um, I've, I've just seen that with my crew. You know, I I think I tend to be more on the creative side myself. So where I lack is is structure. But I, I've always encouraged my, my the folks around me that I work with to just feel free to um, uh, to be creative, you know, and if and if there's something that they want to learn more about or go forward with, to, to let's talk about it. Because, again, I, I think it comes back to a, a mutual benefit. And if someone who, you know, is, is punching in for a, um, a barista shift is, is being told that, you know, there's something that really gets your heart pumping, then how can we look to incorporate that here in a in a space like Arlington Five? Because um, to me, I I feel that there's there are so many mutual benefits that that we might be overlooking, and if people are able to do the thing that makes them most happy, then what a great thing to you know walk into work and do. And I and I, it seems kind of trite because it's you know it's, it's a coffee shop at the end of the day, but I don't know. To me, I, I guess I, I have high hopes that um, that this sort of you know what used to uh, sort of define coffee houses uh, in the past of these centers of um, exchange and intersection and you know news and literature and all of this stuff that the, the penny university idea where people would go to a coffee shop and, and get a, a, you know, have access to the knowledge of a university for pennies. Um, I, that to me is kind of what I've always hoped for in my space. So it's a bit utopian, but I think there's, I think there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities when we hand the keys to the folks that um, work with us, you know, and let them, let them, um, give them uh, the ability to be empowered uh, in the space. Because as I'm finding out, this is now, uh, most of these. Most of the baristas that work for me know a lot more about about this industry than I do. So I'm I'm lucky to be around them. The least I can do is is make this a great place for them to come to work. That's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing your insights. I think uh, it it I love that how you're you're kind of letting you know your your staff the baristas you know harbor their creativity and, and just let them kind of go with it. I think that's, that's really beautiful and really powerful as well and can ultimately lead to, to better things, I hope. Yeah, me too. So yeah, thank you again for, for joining us today, Jesse. And uh, like b- before we go, um, can you just let people know where they can learn a bit more about uh, Arlington 5 and if there's any way that they can support A5 right now? Yeah, well, um, Instagram is still 
the our main point of communication. So checking in there is is the best bet. Um, supporting Lulo uh, is pretty easy to do through Arlington Five. Lulo's also got their own their own uh, site that you can order you can order Lulo coffee and get it shipped to you wherever you are. Um, and then there's also the Ottawa Community Food Partnership, which uh, is the organization uh, that came out of Parkdale Food Center that is spearheading Cooking for a Cause Ottawa. So um, it's easy to support us by supporting our community. So if you support Lulo or uh, the OCFP, then it does trickle down back to us. So either direct at the door or with one of our best pals. Thank you so much for listening. Our podcast is available on our website at ottawacoffeefest.ca. Tell your friends and share the love. Je m'appelle Jen et nous sommes les cafés. My name is Mel and we're the Coffee Gals. Thank you and stay tuned for our next episode coming out in a few weeks. Until then, keep supporting your local roasters and coffee shops.